Welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. What I am going to talk about today is very urgent. And I pray to God that you have ears to hear. Because if you miss this, you will miss everything God wants to do in your life. So the tone is a little bit more urgent and more direct towards you. I think we have addressed the chaos in our country and we will continue to do that on different platforms. And I believe that the Word of God for all of us is to get chaos out of our lives and to bring godly order in every area of your life. And you have to hear me because there are things the Holy Ghost has been impressing in your heart, talking to you about, and you have delayed and you have procrastinated and you have not set the things in order that God has spoken to you about. I don't care whether it's about your health, your, your, your business practices, your home, your marriage, your children. But if we want to see supernatural acceleration in 2023, we are going to see it God's way, not our way. Not by might nor by power. The same way we saw God create this beautiful world in the beginning, Genesis, out of a chaotic mess. And how did God do that? Two ways, His Word and by the power of His Spirit. So my message this morning, very simply, set your house in order. Whatever your house is, whatever God is talking to you about, your thoughts, your habits, your relationships. You know, sometimes doctors say say to me, This person could have prevented this disease, but they never listened. Your blood pressure can be resolved if you maybe stop eating what you are eating. So let's talk about you this morning, because if your life comes to an end, that's the end of your dream and the end of your vision. So in Titus chapter one, verse five, Paul writes to Titus and he says to him, for this reason I left you in Crete, that you should set in order the things that are lacking. Everything lacking in your life, everything stealing your peace, your joy, your righteousness, you have to get into order. Are you listening to me this morning? Amen. You may not shout a lot this morning, but it's gonna change your life, okay? Because how does a house deteriorate? Little by little. How does a mind get out of control? Little by little. How does speech get out of control? Little by little. How do people stop serving God passionately? Little by little. They're on fire for God in church every Sunday and then they start skipping. Hey, get your house in order. And that means the first thing you have to get in order is your walk with God, your relationship with God, your prayer life, your church attendance, your giving, your sacrifice, your serving. Say amen in Jesus' name. So well-known story in the Bible, the prophet Isaiah coming to Hezekiah, who's the king, the president of the country, 
the pastor comes to him. He doesn't come to the pastor. I'm not going to say too much. I'll, I'll control myself, okay? In those days, Hezekiah was sick. Now <laughs> there's a lot you can read in that. Your business sick, your marriage sick, your emotions sick. Our country is sick. And near to death, destruction. And Isaiah the prophet, the son of Amos, went to him and said to him, Thus says the Lord, Set your house in order, for you shall die and not live. Then Hezekiah turned his face towards the wall and he prayed to the Lord. Hallelujah, God's merciful. And he said, Remember now, O Lord, I pray, how I walk before you in truth with a loyal heart and have done what is good in your sight. And Hezekiah repented. Something that is sadly lacking when you look at certain people. And uh, I have to bite my tongue because I'm so passionate about South Africa and to see the change in South Africa. But I tell you, I'm so tired of the arrogance when people speak on television and how people just continue in the ways of greed and corruption and think they're untouchable and they will stay in power. No. So Hezekiah turns to God. I think um, when he started his reign, he's 25 years old. Yeah, the prophet comes and talks to him. He's only 39 years old. And there's a lot of people that start out very committed, very passionate in their 20s. And then when life happens, the children come, they start becoming successful, whatever that is. They make money. They forget the very vows they made to God in their 20s. And they don't serve God the same way. Hey, 39 is very young. Okay, ask me. He's 39 years old. God says, set your house in order because you're going to die. This is it, Hezekiah. So God gives him a warning because God is merciful. God is loving. God gives him time to repent and change. And Hezekiah wisely hears what God says to him. He turns to God. He prays to God. And listen to this. He says, Lord, remember how I served you. And I, when Hezekiah came into power, Israel was in idol worship. They were not Judah. They were not serving God. They had turned away from God. So the first thing Hezekiah does, the Bible says he did what was right in the sight of God. I pray politicians listen to this message. It's it, sometimes I hear people talk and they say, we liberated the country. We fought for 100 years in liberation. Listen, my brother, you may have fought the fight, but it is God that liberated this country. It is God that changed this country. It is God that liberated the people of South Africa. And if you forget that, God's gonna remove the power from you and God will put somebody else in power. I say it loud and clear and unashamedly. So, Hear me carefully, because I made many warnings during COVID when people were opposed to the church and literally had their foot on the church. God will never take kindly to that, ever. You mistreat the church. You may have your day, but God's day will come. Hear me very carefully. Because the church is the hope of society. The church is where God dwells. The church is where healing flows. The church is where people find love and that. So listen to me very carefully. Hezekiah, he's a politician. He's a king. He does what is right in the sight of God. The first thing he does, he opens the doors of the house of God. It was closed. What did politicians do all over the world? They closed the doors of the church. Hezekiah opened the doors of the church. The second thing, or the third thing Hezekiah did was he restored temple worship. Because if he knew, if God was central to society, 
chaos would disappear out of society because God is the author of life and light and order. Somebody say amen. You take God out of, hey, listen to me, South Africa. You better bring God back into your politics. Bring God back into education. Bring God back into every area of this country. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. Number four, he supported the Levites. He didn't launch an attack through the media to discredit the churches through the, the, the doom pastor. That was oil ploy uh, to discredit the voice of God in society. And, and I said this, I said this in private places, platforms to many government officials. I said, God will not take kindly to the mistreatment of the church of Jesus Christ. You disdain the, the house of worship that God will deal with you. It is not something that God can ever, ever tolerate. Because there's one thing Jesus is building in the earth today, and that is His church. He's not building a political party. He's building the house of God. And there's one thing God is interested in this morning is for all the earth to be covered and filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So if you take God's glory out of a nation, God will not be kind towards you on the long run. Your days will be numbered. Your days will be numbered if you disdain God and you disdain the presence of God. Even as a businessman, you may have billions today, tomorrow it may all be gone if you forget. And this is what happened to Hezekiah. He starts out, he's humble, 25 years old. He opens the house of God, the doors. He sets the Levitical priesthood in order. He brings provision. We don't want nothing from government. He brings provision to the house of God. And he fights against the enemies of Israel. In other words, he takes care of his own people. He doesn't export electricity to other countries while his old people have no electricity. They mustn't put the camera on you. We have many, many ministers come here. They sit all over the place. I love you, respect you. But hey, you know what I'm saying is the truth. I don't care about your agreements out there. Your agreement is to keep this country safe and to take care of the people of South Africa. You serve the people of South Africa. You love the people of South Africa. You take care of the people of South Africa. You make sure we have water, we have electricity. You serve the interests of the people of South Africa and not your own interests. So I'll get there in a moment. So uh, yes, God merciful, and I believe there's still time. I know some of you think God just gives up like this. He doesn't. He always gives you a time. No matter where you are, how you got there, if you will listen today and change your heart and set your mind on God and repent, then God will be merciful to you and God will restore you and God will prolong your days, your ministry, your business on the earth. Are you listening to me today? So the Word of the Lord came to Isaiah. This is now after Hezekiah repents and he reminds God. There was a time I walked with you, God, and I did things right. I want to go there again. Some of our politicians grew up in the church. Some of the greatest singers in our country started in the church. Now they've become Sangomas. Have you forgotten? The word of the Lord came to Isaiah and go tell Hezekiah. That says the Lord, the 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 God of the David of your father, I've heard your prayer, hallelujah. 
If you pray in the right tone and with the right heart, in humility, God will hear your prayer. And I've seen your tears and surely I will add to your days 15 years. I will deliver you and the city from the hand of the king of Syria, of Assyria, and I will defend the city. So this is a year for you, listen, to set things in order in your personal life, starting with you, spirit, soul, body. You bring order to you. Amen. You say, how pastor? You were created in God's image. You were blessed by God. You were empowered by God. You were given dominion. You have the Spirit of God on the inside of you. If you have a humble heart, nothing can stop you. You're not a victim. You're a victor. You hail from God. You're born from above. The greater one lives on the inside of you. It's time to take charge and it's time to change and to deal with those things that you have delayed from dealing with them. No more procrastination. No more blame game. No more lack of willpower. You have the power. You have the will. You have the ability. The same Spirit that raised Christ from the dead lives on the inside of you. No longer that addiction. No longer that alcohol problem. No longer that uh, chocolate cake problem. Say amen in Jesus' name. Come on. Like the guy said, I don't drink a lot. But you know, when I drink, I turn into another man and that guy can really drink. In our relationships, set your relationships in order. Some of you are running around with people that are corrupting you. You're doing business with people that are corrupting you. You're hanging out with worldly people that have stolen your Christian values and your love for the things of God. Set it in order. Set your home in order. Clean the carpet, please. Pick up the dog poop in the garden. Things to set in order in our community. I, and I spoke about it last week. We need to get involved, not sit on the sideline and criticize. It's things to set in order in our nation. And if our government doesn't listen now, they will not be in power for much longer. That's a fact. Write it down. That's a fact. That's how it'll be. The arrogance and the spirit of pride and greed has to be broken. No more delay. No more procrastination. No more avoidance. No more excuses, no more blame game, no more lacking the willpower. You can blame everybody else, but you have to get up out of your victim mindset. I know you never determined, what, determined everything that happened to you, but you have to get up, get over and get on from what happened to you and move into what God has for you. We cannot change yesterday. We have to press into the future that God has for us. So get your mind in order, your thoughts in order. So God is merciful. But if we don't set the things in order, the Holy Spirit has been talking about in our spirit man, whether it's your spiritual life, your relationships, whatever it is, we will pay a price. And we all know in South Africa, we're sitting on a time bomb because of social inequalities. And we know the social grant can pacify the unemployed only for so long. We saw Marikana. And it was suppressed. We have no idea. We have the highest unemployment rate in the world. I'm not negative. But this government better come up with solutions. Or make way for those who will bring solutions to our country. 28 years later, our people are still poor. And don't blame Jan van Riebeek. My blikskorrel man is 1652. Jan van Riebeek is not here today. Los Jan van Riebeek. I don't know if you're going to die. Los him. 
Jan van Riebeek leven niet vandaag nie. Jan van Riebeek neem geen besluiten vandaag nie. Los om. Doen jou werk. Klap maar zo bikkie. Want van jullie is te bang om nou saam te stem. Maar dis waar van waar van jy daarbij te praat heel tyd. I want to puke when I see somebody write about Jan van Riebeek. My blikskorrel, ek is nie as Hollander, ek nie as Hollandse bloed in my nie man. Ek kom van die Franse hiergenote. Hmm. So that's where the passion comes from. So set things in order in your personal life, your walk with God, listen to me. My brother, I'm talking to my brothers now, manna, male and female men. Lead your wife, lead your family, lead your children in the ways of God. Stop playing church. Stop sending your wife to church with the children you lead as the priest of your home. Set things in order in Jesus' name. Your relationships, your business practices, your eating and drinking habits. Your calorie take every day. Your exercise, your home, our community, our economy. Social inequalities. We can't talk about it. These things have to be addressed. Our broken country has to be fixed and I suggest your social media too. Those pictures you take from above, what are you showing? So here's a guy who's 39 years old when Isaiah comes to him and he warns him to set his house in order or pay a price. Now listen, sadly, Hezekiah brings the sorrow upon himself because his heart departed from God. Bob says his heart was lifted up. It's amazing what will lift people's hearts up. I've seen a pastor 37 years, there are people change from their 20s to their 30s and their 40s when what they call success happens. Money, what is money? Money is a, is a, is a, is a thing. Money does not define you. When you die one day, your money stays behind. Your house doesn't define you. Your car doesn't define you. The state you live in doesn't define you. God has blessed you and God wants you to live a blessed life, but you should not be consumed with a blessing. Hezekiah becomes consumed with a blessing. Not only that, he becomes consumed with greed and power. And rather than glorifying God and honouring God, he begins to boast before the princes of Babylon about his own greatness. He doesn't talk about the greatness of God. He doesn't say, it's God who gave me the power because I was nobody, God made me a somebody. He forgets, Deuteronomy 8 verse 8 Bible says, but thou shalt remember the Lord thy God for it is He that gives you the power, the means, the might, the ability to generate wealth that He may establish His covenant through you. So, 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 so um, Ezekiah, his heart is lifted up and he stops serving the purpose of God which is to keep Israel safe from her enemies. Ooh, there's a whole sermon in there. That those in leadership have to keep the country free from our enemies. And the enemies are not people that are living in other countries. The enemies are those that are destroying our country from within. And in this case, listen, 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 it was personal greed. The only reason there is poverty in South Africa and in our world is because of greed. Greed is the opposite to poverty. Greed is a spirit that can never be satisfied, never get enough. Greed takes what it can while it can. This country is captured, people say, by a spirit of corruption. No, 
by a spirit of greed because greed results in extreme corruption or extreme corruption and poverty for the people. So here's a guy Stop serving his purpose. He starts out in his 20s. He's in the church. He's a tither. God blesses his business. He's in his 30s. His business multiplies. He makes his first billion. I spoke to a guy the other day. He made his first billion when he was 28 today. He's 50, 80 billion strong. Started coming to one of our churches. God turned his head right side up. Watched me on television and said, I need to listen to what that man says because one day I'm going to die and all the money in the world will not get me into heaven. And he gave his life to Jesus and now he's serving God radically. Come on, say amen in Jesus' name. You cannot do this half-heartedly and you cannot do this for a season. You cannot serve God in your 20s and in your 30s when you get babies, you forget. So he's the cause of his own sorrow because his heart departs from God. And when his heart departs from God, God withdraws his presence from him. Listen, but not only from Hezekiah, from the nation as well. And the whole nation suffers and the enemies begin to invade. So if I can take it to our country, I do want to say that our politicians have to turn back to God because listen, you can say I'm out of order. No, I'm in total godly order. This fight of liberation was birthed in a church in 1912 in Bloomfield. This was a prayer struggle. You don't hear a politician stand up today and acknowledge God, that it was God that gave them the power and God gave them the platform. And I'll tell you, if you cannot acknowledge the Lord God and honour the Lord God, then God will put somebody in that place that will honour Him because God will have His plan fulfilled with South Africa. Say Amen in Jesus' Name. It's the truth. You'll see it. You'll see it. You can do whatever you want to do. If, if, if God turns His back on you, you're done. You forget. You stop serving your purpose. God wants somebody else. Saul, Bible says his heart was lifted up, built monuments for himself. And God said, I'll find a man after my own heart, a shepherd, a shepherd that will serve my people, serve my purpose, but that will serve my people. Our people have not been served in this country. And stop blaming apartheid. Apartheid had a role to play. Thank you for the three amens. You know what I'm saying is true. A lot of things that have, should have been done already by now, which hasn't happened. As a matter of fact, the opposite. So he was so taken up, listen, with his personal wealth and possessions, greed, and he liked to show off to the princes of Babylon, which is representative of the world. You care what the world thinks more than what God thinks. You care what the other people think about in the state that you live in. And it's okay, impress, impress them, but tell them it's God and be a giver and get them saved and give them a purpose and show them that there's a life beyond the shallowness of their riches and whatever they deem to give them significance in this life, there's something much greater. Because to dust we will return. From dust we come. If God said to you today, set your house in order, for you will die. And that death is not necessarily a physical death for most of us. It is you will pay a price in an area of your life. Not God will judge you. What would that mean to you? Maybe something small, but you need to heed. You need to pay attention. 
Because God wants to take you into supernatural acceleration. But supernatural acceleration cannot come from a place of disorder and chaos. It has to come from a place of godly order. So, 2 Chronicles 32, the Bible says, Hezekiah did not repay according to the favour shown him, for his heart was lifted up. It's sad. It's one of the saddest things for me to see people start humbly and as God blesses them, they, they almost become uppity up. Nobody can say nothing to them. Well, he has the king. The way the church was treated during COVID is a disgrace. And I'm still waiting for this government to repent to the religious sector. I say it blatantly. I say it on every platform. To apologize to the church for the way the church was treated during this COVID pandemic. How the church was mistreated more than any shopping center, more than any business, more than any taxi rank. How the church of Jesus Christ was mistreated. They have to make right with the religious sector in this country and listen to the voice of the religious sector in this country if they want to see the blessing of God come to South Africa. Man, you can sit there puffed up in your pride like Hezekiah and disagree with me. I don't need your agreement. I'm doing Bible this morning, okay? So rather than boasting in a great God, he boasts in great riches. His heart becomes filled with pride. He's corrupted by greed, which causes God to withdraw from him. And then no matter what you do, it's not going to work, right? Unless the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Unless the Lord watch over the city, the watchmen raise in vain. So they can try and fix this country, but without God, it's not going to work. All their efforts will not work. Listen, clearly, hear me. I know I have too much information, but you know there's enough gas in South Africa to, to, to run this country for the next 400 years. Factual. I have the information of people that have served in certain departments, etc. Factual. Enough gas just in one area of South Africa. That's without um, offshore, east coast, west coast. You know we have oil drills that stand 254 kilometers. I say it publicly, I'm gonna get in trouble, but that's fine. I'm tired of everything being hidden. The oil that's been sold to South Africa, that's not been given to the people of South Africa, etc. We can't allow this any longer. We can't allow people to stop the people of South Africa from benefiting and from being blessed by the resources that belong to South Africa. It's yeah, it's in our land. It should be released to the people. So the Bible says in James 4 verse 6, God resists the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourself therefore in the sight of the Lord and He will lift you up. Now for us, riches may mean many things. Maybe not money, but it can be wealth, can be power, can be position, can be your personal beauty. It can be your accomplishments, intellectual snobbery, your status, your pride, your qualifications, your culture big thing in South Africa, your politics, can even be your hurt, your anger, your bitterness, your resentment. That's become the deposit you operate out of. You have to get that in order. You have to forgive your brother. You have to let yesterday go. 
You have to get up out of the ashes. You have to receive the beauty that God has for you. You have to receive God's deliverance and stop holding on on your pain, nursing, cursing, rehearsing your setbacks of yesterday. You have to get up and get on with what God has for you. Somebody say amen. Because Jesus provided your deliverance and healing 2,000 years ago at the cross. So that can be a place you operate from. Jeremiah 9 says, Thus says the Lord, Let not the wise man glory in his wisdom. Let not the mighty man glory in his might. The size of your bicep. Nor let the rich man glory in his riches. But let him who glories glory in this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord, exercising loving kindness, judgment, righteousness in the earth, for in these other days, says the Lord, I, you know, pre-94, the struggle, um, uh, political leaders had no problem to have uh, Bishop Tutu and others stand on the platform and pray boldly in the name of Jesus. Why have these same politicians become ashamed of the name of Jesus Christ? Why have the same people become ashamed of our God? Listen, South Africa, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and turn from their wicked ways and seek my face and pray, I will hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. Why can you not acknowledge that there is a God in heaven and a God that serves in the country in the name of Jesus Christ? Why can you not acknowledge the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus? Why can you not acknowledge that He's King of kings and Lord of lords? Why can you not acknowledge Him and give Him glory in parliament? Give Him glory wherever you stand. You are but dust and you will come and you will go. But His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom of His dominion and His kingdom there will be no end. And He alone is King and He alone deserves the glory, the honour and the praise. Come on CRC, give Him a mighty praise offering this morning in Jesus' Name. So no matter where you are or find yourself in life, how rich, how poor, educated, uneducated, it doesn't matter. Your true riches and boasting is in Christ and in nothing else. Paul makes it clear in Philippians chapter 3, verse 7, the message, he says, the very credentials these people are waving around as something special. I'm tearing up and throwing out with a trash along with everything else I used to take credit for. And why? Because of Christ. There's all these things I once thought were so important have are gone from my life compared to the high privilege of knowing Christ Jesus as my master firsthand. Everything I once thought I had going for me is insignificant. He says, dog poop for the Americans here. Dog dung. You know what that is in Buratol. No, to the pure, all things are pure. Whatever you think is, is your problem. I've dumped it all in the trash so I could embrace Christ and be embraced by Him. It, it doesn't mean your life's not significant. It means without Christ, it's insignificant. It means your significance without Christ becomes insignificant. Your purpose without Christ becomes purposeless. Your gain without Christ becomes gainless eternally. Because one day you're going to stand before Jesus and you're going to give account for your life. This president, the previous president, the president before him, the president still to come, 100 presidents should Jesus tarry. They will all stand before God as Hezekiah did, as every king in the Bible. And I'll tell you something, if I was president, I would serve God with fear and trembling. If I was in every place of power, I would be up serving God with fear and trembling because God alone sets up those in rulership. And if God's had enough of someone 
No political conniving will keep that person in power. If God's had enough and the suffering for the people have become too severe, then God Himself will replace and God Himself will restore order because God is the God of the poor. The Gospel is for the poor. The Gospel is to break the spirit of poverty. And for the spirit of poverty to be broken, we have to break the spirit of greed over South Africa. Shout Amen in Jesus' Name. Those enriching them while they can. Those stealing funds. He says in verse 18, I gave up all inferior stuff so I could know Christ personally. Right? Not about Him. Experience His resurrection power, be part in His sufferings and go all the way with Him to death dying to this world and what this world has to offer. In the world, not of the world, not selling out to the world system as Hezekiah did. Not being caught up in God's blessing and forgetting to honor and glorify Him when you're among those of Babylon, which are people in the world still not saved. When we talk about restoring order to culture, we say you as a businessman, you have to bring godly values to others in business without condemning and judging them. You have to be true to the house of God. You have to keep the doors of God's house open through your tithing and through your offering and through your giving and through your generosity. You have to lift up the poor through your generosity, etc. You can't be a wealthy man and your hand is closed. What is that? My brother, that is a spirit of greed. Because greedy people cannot give. It's not how much money you have. It's how you hold on to your money that shows what controls you. I mean, there are people worth billions, they don't give a cent to nothing. It's a disgrace. Set your house in order. And then people roll out red carpets for wealthy people. I respect you for your wealth, but let me tell you something. Your wealth without God's purpose means nothing. It means nothing. What is it a purpose about if you gain the whole world and you lose yourself? You can impress the whole world, but if you don't impress heaven, you've lost out on everything, big time. Hey, God loves you. It's an honor to speak to you. Turn to Jesus and watch what God is going to do in your life and through your life. Order to yourself. In Jesus' name, God bless you. Amen. I, I want to make this clear. I mean, political people know we have many of them come to our church, etc. I'm not against you. I'm not against you. But I, I sit in pastoral meetings and I speak like this with other pastors. Not to take them back to the past. I say you have to repent for shutting church down in COVID. Many of you justified it because you were afraid of that devil. You never stood up. You have to get your house in order and, 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 and go before your people and say, I'm sorry that I never stood for God when it mattered. I'm not after politicians. I'm after every person that have lost their spine and every person that have become voiceless and silent and every person that is just willing to see the chaos continue without doing anything. Hey, enough is enough in Jesus' Name, okay? And if, if, if people don't listen now, they, they, they don't have time. 
Do you understand this? So, so prayer is the first thing we do. Hezekiah prayed, we have to pray. Listen, intercessors, we have to pray that God is merciful this year over South Africa. Those in the know know exactly this is something that's having to be squelched all the time. The unemployed, the distressed, etc. If, if this thing goes out of control, there can be riots across South Africa that makes KwaZulu Natal look like, like, like a picnic. Listen to me very carefully. That's why we can't be silent. Because if, if people have had enough and they no longer accept the, the, the ways of some people to pacify them, it's a matter of time. So we have to pray. Listen to me very carefully. Because if they burn this country, your business will be burned. Your car will be burned. Your home will be burned. Everything will be burned. I'm not a prophet of doom, but you better open your eyes now. We had a window of 20 years. We are 28 years later and nothing has changed for those people. Those people are poorer than ever, more desperate than ever. They still have nothing. But all we want to do is sing Kumbaya on a Sunday. It's not going to work. And the option is not to migrate to New Zealand or America or Australia or Canada or somewhere else. The, 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 the challenge is for us who are here to be the salt and to be the light and to stand up and to pray up and to force change in this country, righteous change and to bring order for the sake of people in South Africa. Say amen in Jesus' name. So um, I know it's a different tone that I have for the new year because normally I would talk about your vision and your dream and you're going to be great and fantastic. There's enough people who'd say that on TV. Go watch that every now and again and get your three goosebumps. Um, but um, all that is going to do nothing because our country is in a critical state and I have to be relevant for the hour, which is now. South Africa now. Africa now. We have to deal with the issues now. We have to secure a future for our children and our children's children. Are you listening to me? Huh? I can motivate better than anybody else. I can get you standing on your seat all service. But what does it change? Nothing. We have to take this serious and go beyond feelings and emotions and go before God as Hezekiah did in humility. Can we still do that? Can you still humble yourself? It's a question. I'm not asking you, can you design a spaceship that will go to Mars? I'm asking you, can you still humble yourself? Huh? It's a question that somebody has to ask you and look you in the eye and offend you by asking you this, which preachers don't like to do. They want to make feel, people feel comfortable. That rich young ruler that came to Jesus says, one thing you lack, man, you love your money. Start selling what you have and begin to take care of other people. Stop with your good teacher, good master, hallelujah, shandine, all your, your right language, but you do nothing for anybody else. And he left offended. Somebody has to tell you that. You know why, my brother, my sister? Because I'm not 28. I'm 58. I'll tell you the truth. I don't need your money. I don't need to pacify you. I need to tell you the truth, that you will stand before Jesus one day and you'll give account for the life that God called you to live. So you need to get your life sorted out before God. Get your offenses sorted out. Get your issues dealt with. Get your life right with God. Get your heart right with God. Get your giving right with God. Get your family back in church. Get yourself in line with God's Word and with God's order. And then you will watch God's kingdom order come. And when God's kingdom order comes, blessing, 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 blessing everywhere. But it's going to come His way. Come on, if you believe it today, if you receive the Word,
stand with me to your feet. Let's give the Lord praise here today. Come on, CRC, there in Bloemfontein. Family, with every head bowed and every eye closed. Come on, as people, believers are praying in this room. Pastor spoke a very significant word this morning of setting your house in order. And this morning, we were going to give you that opportunity. There's many of you that have been wondering that you used to serve God with a passion, but for whatever reasons you've drifted away, things have taken control of your life. But today is the day of repentance. We've heard the importance of repentance, of coming back and saying, God, I am not serving you as I should. I should have done this many weeks, many months ago, but I haven't. But today is the day of salvation. Today is your opportunity that you can come to Christ. He is waiting with arms wide open. There is no sin that you can ever commit that will separate you from the love of God. But God is waiting for you to respond. It starts by us by coming back. Repentance means believing and you think you've changed pattern. You change your pattern of believing and you believe that God has come, that you can accept Him as your Lord and your Savior. And today is that day. So as every head is bowed and every eye closed and believers praying in this place, maybe you've never given your life to Christ, but today you want to do that. We want to give you that opportunity. So if you can be so kind, in a moment, we're going to count to three. And if that is you, you're going to lift your hand. If you're not sure that Christ is your Lord and Savior, we also want to give you that opportunity. If you used to serve Him, but you've backslidden, now is the time to come back, not tomorrow. We have no promise of tomorrow. So if that is you, I'm going to count to three. And then you're going to lift your hand as a sign of surrender, saying, God, here I am. I am coming back. In every church, every place that are watching, if that is you, quietly wherever you are, lift up your hand now. One, two, three. Let's lift it. Come on, you lift it. You respond back to God and say, God, I'm coming back. Thank you as these hands are being lifted at the bottom, on the flanks, at the top. Come on, hands being lifted. If you have lifted it, you can put it down. If you have not lifted it, now's your time to say, God, I'm going to come back. We don't want to come to a place of Hezekiah that God should come and call us and us and we are, not self, we are not fine, that our things are not in order, that our house is not in order. And today, you have that opportunity, not to put fear in you, but it's a realization we have no promise of tomorrow. So if you'd like to put up your hand now, let's lift it up. If you would like to respond, as hands are being lifted all over this place. Come on, this is your opportunity. I know there's many of you that are still standing there. I feel the uneasiness in my heart, knowing that should have, some of you should have walked. We have no promise. If you still want to come while we facilitate this, come. But we want to say to every one of you that's standing in the front, what an amazing word we heard this morning of setting things in order. And if we do not set this first part in order, nothing else can fall in line. This is the start. And your whole life's going to change. And we believe with you that as you pray this and you allow us to walk with you, that your life will never be the same again. In a moment after we've led you in a prayer, we're going to take you into a room where we're going to pray for you Get your information. If you don't have a Bible, we're going to help you get a Bible and sort it out and help you. But it's important that you allow us. The journey is today, it starts. But what happens tomorrow and the weeks to come is where you allow us to be part of that. So if you can be so kind in the front, just to close your eyes, it's between you and God, just put your hand on your heart and I'm going to lead you in a prayer. And you're going to pray and ask God to come into your heart. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I come to you today. And Lord, I believe that you died for my sins, that you rose again from the grave, and that you live forevermore. Father, I thank you that from today, I can be a brand new person. 
I thank you that I can be your child. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.